What if creating a happy, excited, and grateful state of mind was the single most important priority of your day? That's the subject of today's podcast. This is episode number one. My name is Alex Martinson, and I'm a firm believer that the millennial generation has a great responsibility, even a sacred duty, to rise up and lead. The future of the United States and even the world is largely in the hands of the millennials. Truly impactful leadership starts first with becoming a powerful leader of our own personal life. The purpose of this podcast is to help us work together to upgrade our beliefs about who we are, uncover the vision of who it is we want to become, and unlock our power to change. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. I'm excited to talk a little bit about happiness today. I can't think of a more relevant time than right now, given the state of the world, the state of our country, everything going on. If you're listening to this in real time, we are in the heart of the corona pandemic coronavirus, COVID-19, you know, and I say we're in the heart of it. That's probably not all that accurate. Maybe we're just still on the very beginning. Whatever happens here, I can tell you, I'm confident that the subject of happiness, creating a happy, positive, and excited state of mind, state of being, it's relevant. It was relevant before. And I mean, we just went through 10 years of unprecedented prosperity. The economy was surging. A lot of great things happening. And even with all of that, a lot of people aren't happy. If they were to be real honest and say, how often do they feel that they are very happy and very excited? There's a lot of people out there that, uh, could say that it's more rare than common. So I want to talk about why that is. What are a couple of thoughts that I have here that I feel could add value to you? And I want to tell you a little bit about my own experience with feeling and being happy. So I want to get right into this. There was a turning point in my life. It was about a year and a half ago. And if you're a close friend of mine, I mean, you've probably heard me talk about this. I had the opportunity to hire a coach. Now I had kind of been fascinated with this idea for a while. Um, this idea of hiring a coach, someone that would just talk to you on a regular basis. And it was worth the kind of fees that I had heard were charged. Yet I had a lot of friends in my life, people that I respected that had done this and that were doing this and that were saying, look, man, there is something incredible about the structure that exists in a coaching relationship. And to have a coach that has the gift and the ability to help you navigate your own personal development, it comes down to accelerating the process of development. It's not that these coaches have all the answers. It's that they have a strategic and unique perspective to help somebody develop faster. So I was fascinated by this and I had the opportunity to work with a coach named Mark Fournier. 
And I got to tell you, one of the most memorable phone calls we had, and we had, I think it was 56 consecutive phone calls, okay? Every Wednesday at 8 a.m. without fail. We talk about this scale of 1 to 10. And starting to become really aware of our state of being, our state of mind, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10. So I would ask you right now as you're listening to this, if you had to think, all right, a 10 is the most excited, happy, full of peace, head to toe, just ready to rock the world. If that's a 10 and a 1 is just miserable, the lowest of the low, full of stress, despair, anxiety, you name it, where would you put yourself right now? If you had to take your temperature, so to speak, what would you say you're rolling at right now? So something Mark talks about and something I now talk about with clients that I get to work with is different people have different happiness set points. And there are a lot of factors that play into our state of me- our state of being, our, our overall state of, of wellness well, and well-being, okay? Our brains are complicated and I am not naive to the fact that for certain people because of different variations of of mental illness that can be related to a chemical imbalance different factors right some people have a higher happiness set point than others to some finding consistently finding a consistent you know peace of mind and a happy state of being is a real struggle And, you know, we see and we hear about the statistics of depression. It is widespread and it doesn't favor any demographic. It really feels like young and old, male and female, all nationalities um, can wrestle with this. And it's a real, it's a real, it's a real issue. So I have a lot of empathy for that. And in saying that, I'll share with you that I have during times in my life struggled a lot with anxiety and I wouldn't say uh, depression as much as just anxiety. And, and a lot of times anxiety can induce feelings of depression, right? Well, one of the first phone calls I had with my mentor was probably one of the most memorable, one of the most hard hitting for me. And I want to just tell you that story. So I'm sitting there in my car. I remember exactly where I was at. I was in a parking lot. And here I am on this phone call. And we're talking about this whole thing of of one to 10. Where are you at? What's your state? And I said, honestly, after hearing you explain the numbers, I got to tell you, I feel like I allowed a three today. So the word allow is important here because when we talk about where our state is currently at, we say we've either allowed a number or we've created a number. The goal of this particular principle is simply to build our capacity to create a higher state than the one we're naturally in, okay? The default state we woke up in that day. And it's less about the number and more about being able to move the needle, being able to affect the world within because we live in the mind being able to increase our capacity to affect that. So 
here I was having a really rough day, apparently. Okay. A three, a three is no joke. Why was I, why was I allowing a three? Well, I can tell you, I felt like I was like a guitar string pulled so tight. It was just going to snap. On the exterior, you'd think everything was going extremely well for me. And honestly, I can't say that it wasn't. Things were going well for me. Okay. At this time, as I could say for right now, I mean, very, very happy with my marriage. So blessed to have the wife that I do. Amazing, healthy kids, three at the time. Now we have four. Um, we lived in a beautiful place. We had a beautiful, nice home, drove nice cars. Okay. Um, involved in a couple of different businesses. I'm busy. I mean, if you're just looking at it from an aerial perspective, you know, you'd think, Hey, everything's going right. Well, of course we live in the mind. Like I said, it's not about what's going on in the exterior world. And, you know, as I'm sure you would agree with me, what it looks like from the outside is often not what it looks like from the inside. Someone might look like they have everything going for them and they're facing a hard battle. They've got something really going on that's causing them stress and sadness. And so we should always remember to have empathy um, for people and especially those that, I don't know about especially, but I'm just going to say as well as those that appear to be shiny, happy, everything looks great on the outside. You know, I think there's this interesting, this interesting uh, paradox, I don't know, is that the word? Where the people that look like the healthy functioning, oh, they've got everything, they're good, right? We talk about this in our church congregation sometimes. It's, it's, I think it's a missed opportunity. We say, oh, the so-and-so family, the Martinsons, well, they're good. Yeah, they're, hey, they're active in all the activities and, you know, they've got a job and they're happy and they're married. And so who's, who's struggling? Who can we help? Right? I think a lot of times it's those families that need as much love, ministering, help, I mean, as any other. I think a lot of times it's the leaders that we easily excuse from needing special help or really needing, you know, someone to reach out to them and say, hey, sincerely, how are you guys? Right? When I actually think it's those that are in positions of leadership that, man, they're often carrying some of the heaviest burdens. Anyway, I say all this just to kind of illustrate this point, and I'm being vulnerable in telling you this, but I was hurting. I felt like I did not know what I was really wanting to do. I felt like I was not reaching my potential. I was spinning my wheels, trying hard to just be active and, and busy, but not in one direction, just kind of in multiple varied directions. And the sum result was, man, at least on this day, I was not feeling great. Okay. So we talk about this principle of, hey, what if getting to a happy state of mind, a powerful state of being where you are just drenched in gratitude and excitement about your life, what if that was the number one priority on your schedule today? Kind of an interesting thought, right? I think we think of happiness as a luxury, as a nice to have. Something that's like, man, when it's here, how nice. But let's be serious. We've got serious things to do, right? 
We've got a lot of work to do. We uh, can't sit around and think about being happy all day, right? Life's hard. Well, just be open for a minute to this idea that we kind of flip that on its head. What if it is that when you are happy, really happy, you are better for every single person you come in contact with. You are better for your wife when you're happy. Let's take it a step further. You're, you're actually smarter when you're happy. You are a better problem solver. You're a better leader. You feel better to your kids. I'm sure you can agree with me here that uh, there's certain people that walk into a room and just seem to light up the room, right? And they bring an energy and a light with them that is felt by everyone. And you can also agree with me, I think you've experienced the opposite as well. So we're talking about this and we started to dive deep into, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the obvious reasons that someone might be allowing a lower state on a given day? All right. And I'm here to tell you that I believe one of the most critical things is understanding the difference between wants and needs. So here's the the theory here, okay? Our bodies and brains were wired for survival. Our whole chemistry inside is built to survive. And so part of that is that we have an awareness of our needs, right? We need to survive. So what are the things that we need in order to survive? Our brain becomes aware of those when they are threatened or when they are missing. We are in pursuit of them. Well, we're in a unique situation where we as a people are living in a level of peace, prosperity, health, resources, wealth that is beyond all comparison to the previous, you know, thousands and thousands of years of people. Would you agree? And I know right now we're going through a hard time. The economy just threw up on the sidewalk and everyone is unsure. Okay, this isn't the first pandemic. There's been several and there will likely be more. And guess what? They've all ended and uh, we know we're going to get through this. And we could talk a lot more about that. Maybe we'll do that on the next episode here of just how many unique opportunities that this is providing for us as, as individuals and families. But take aside for a second, the fact that I know things are tough today, but even in how tough they are, we are so blessed. How many of you don't have running water right now because of the coronavirus? Okay. I'm willing to guess the answer is zero. We could go on and on about all the blessings that we have, modern medicine. Okay, so we, as a people, as a general rule, we are not waking up in the morning thinking about survival. Like, it's not on the calendar. Okay, calendar item number one, find a gazelle, throw a spear at it, eat it. Okay, where is shelter going to be today? Who's going to pitch the tent? We are living 
in the realm of extra, okay? So the idea is that there's only four things you need. Food, water, shelter, oxygen. Now, bear with me when I say that because, look, we're talking about need to survive. Consider for a minute that the, whenever we say the word need, it's really like part of a sentence. The sentence is need to survive. All right. So if this is true, we're not actually fighting for survival on a daily basis here. And I could take that a step further and say, not even close. What are we doing? Well, I'll tell you, we've got our brains convinced that we are in a fight for survival. Because they're wired to do that. So it's pretty easy to allow our natural wiring to take over. But what happens is we form attachments to things. So an example is if we've got a business and we have an attachment that we've formed to this business working out the way that we expect it to. Okay. Well, what happens is attachments turn into needs. So the story inside our head is, Hey, I need this to work out. I need this quarter to be better than last quarter. I need this deal to close. I just need things to, to turn a corner and then everything will be fine. I'll be able to breathe. I'll be able to relax. Well, the, the problem, and it's, it's more of an opportunity than a problem. Okay. Because we can fix this, but I'll say the situation is that we don't just form one or two of these attachments. I think a lot of us carry around a whole bunch of them. And what happens here is that when we have all these attachments to expectation that become needs on a subconscious level, our brain and our body starts to think, I need this. Well, the same parts of our brain that are there to help us survive, they light up and they think, okay, here we are. We're, we're in the battle. We're in the fight for survival. So when these attachments, these expectations, when they go unsatisfied or when an expectation is missed or this thing that we believe we need doesn't come to pass, we can experience real stress. Not stress that's just imagined, but an actual biological response. You know, you think about if someone was holding your head underwater right now, thank goodness your body and your brain would be able to release certain chemicals that would, you know, adrenaline is a part of that. It would, it would release things that would allow you to rip their arms off if you needed to, to get to air. So we have these like reserves of special, you know, chemical responses to stress. Well, when we insist on attaching to these needs in this rare time to be alive, this time of great abundance and peace and safety, we're walking around with those parts of our brain activated, experiencing this stress on a regular basis. And it just creates for, it's a fragile, a fragile type of person, a fragile civilization even, that is caught up in happy when instead of happy now. We are happy when our attachment, our expectation is fulfilled. We're happy when, we believe we will be happy when we acquire this thing that we really want. 
We really want it so much that we don't say we want it. We say we need it. So what can we do? Well, let me tell you something that changed the world for me. What if you believed right now that you had everything that you need? Let me ask it another way. If you could imagine some wild event taking place that would remove all your concerns and cares about anything related to, let's just pick the financial area of our life. There's 10 areas of your life and financial is one, career is another. So let's kind of pick those two and say, look, imagine for a minute you've got this uncle named Uncle Rico. You don't even know the guy. He's your great uncle. Well, turns out Uncle Rico thinks you're pretty cool. Uncle Rico just died and he left you $20 million in an account signed over to you as the sole beneficiary. Uh, and you get that phone call. Imagine for a minute, would that make you feel better? Would you feel like, holy cow, I can breathe. Okay. I don't have to really stress about our retirement account, the economy right now, what it just did to my 401k, my kids that are getting married. They've got all these things coming up. I was worried about how I was going to make it happen. Like, I can breathe like this is, wow, I'm so, so happy. Nothing wrong with this, by the way. That'd be pretty legit if Uncle Rico's listening out there. Hey, I love you, man. I'm your boy. Okay, but why is it that we can imagine ourselves taking a breath of relief and thinking, oh man, a lot of these things I'm working so hard and struggling to make happen, my business that I'm trying to capitalize and grow would just be, oh, so easy. I would feel better. I would submit that it is because our brain would be able to say, oh, my needs are met. So that survival stressor part of us chills out. Well, check it out. Our beliefs drive everything. So if we believed right now that we had everything we needed and we could actually achieve that level of a mental sigh of relief, a smile across our face that says, everything is great. I have everything I need, and I am so happy. If we could do that right now and put ourselves in that state of mind, what would be the side effects? What things would change? What things would be different? I just want to share with you that I firmly believe that we have everything we need. If you have food, water, shelter, and oxygen, I believe you have everything you need. And if you don't have those things, let me know. Because I'm no billionaire, but... We can, we can figure something out, right? We've got a community. We've got a church welfare program. We've, we've got things, all right? Assuming that we're all on that same page right now, I just want to plant this idea in your mind. What if you believed that you had everything you needed right now? 
and everything else was extra. Everything else was part of this exciting game that God is allowing us to play. I want to encourage you just to try this out. Just test it. I'm telling you, this is, these, these words are very intentional. We're quieting a part of our mind that has been way too active, way too caught up in the future, way too caught up in expectations and attachments. And if that thing would only calm down, it's amazing the level of peace and satisfaction we can enjoy this very minute. And I want to tell you that when we can start to harness the power that we have to create our state of being, we tend to hit a lot more home runs. Those things we were attached to that we thought we needed, when we realize we don't need them, we do not need them. We can want them. Because we remember, hey, this is all a fun, exciting game. God has created for us. This isn't everything. This is a this is a temporary part of our existence. Okay. When we can frame things in that light, I believe that we experience a level of performance that tends to go and get those things that we were so attached to. So it's like this inverse relationship. The key is to first realize we don't need it, and then we can go get it. So one of the most incredible things that happened to me was I realized, man, all these things I think I needed, all these things I thought I was right around the corner from, man, if I can just right around the corner from this, we'll be good. I'll feel like I can relax. I feel like I won't have to work as much. I can just kind of breathe, right? I'm just right around the corner. Okay, that's happy when. And I decided to live the truth of happy now. I don't need that thing, man. I don't need it. And guess what? What if you have it? Well, then I'll smile and look at it and say, hey, this is really cool. Give you an example. Um, I've practiced this, this, this thing here I'm going to share with you, which is I, I get in my car. I look around. I think, man, I don't need this. I don't need this nice of a car. I don't need a car with all these features and all this luxury. And this is really cool. This is fun. And if it's gone tomorrow... I'm okay. I'll get a, I could get another car, man. If I couldn't afford a car, I'm so lucky. My office is close enough. I could ride a bike, right? There's always a way to see that this is extra. There's something crazy that happens when we go from a state of upgrade mentality, right? You walk into the kitchen, you see the you see the cabinets and all you can think about is, man, I want to upgrade these dang cabinets. And this countertop. And when I do, I will just feel better. I'll light a candle, put it in the middle, and just look at it, and oh, I'll feel so good. <laughs> what if we can flip that and walk into our kitchen and intentionally stare at it and say, I have a kitchen. I have an oven. Look at it. Have I ever just looked at my oven and been like, dude, look at this thing? We can make anything we want. I've got cupboards full of plates and cups, enough to like have all my friends over. I have a fridge full of food. How many people can't say that? I'm so grateful. We have all of this. You're too busy being grateful and appreciative intentionally to even have those thoughts anymore of the upgrade culture that we've been conditioned by an upgrade culture. I'll be happy when, happy when. 
you're flooding your brain intentionally with, I am happy now. I'm so grateful because I actually have way more than I need. Imagine that. So we'll talk more about this in future episodes, but I want to tell you that there's power here. I believe that creating a happy state, this being one of the the things, okay, this is one of the strategies to control the dialogue in your brain first thing in the morning and to say out loud, to hear it, and to begin to believe, I love my life. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I have everything I need. And everything else is an exciting game. I'm so grateful to be playing the game. And I'm going to play it full out. I'm going to do the best I have. Sorry, the best I can with what I have. And I know that everything always works out. This changed my life. This changed the game for me. I'm telling you. If you can begin to live believing that you're the happiest you've ever been, things are going to change. Things are going to change. People are going to be like, what in the world? And you're going to be a blessing to people's lives because there will be a light coming from you that can touch somebody else that's maybe in a place of darkness right now. And when we prepare ourselves to more fully contribute to those in our lives, those around us, Man, what could be cooler than that? So I'd love to hear your comments and your thoughts on this idea. Uh, let's go Let's go be happy now. We got everything we need. Even in times where things are hard and things are crazy and things are, we're unsure. And even when there's things in our life that are tragic and sudden. If we believe we live in the mind, we can understand how to influence the world within, how to live this principle of intentional appreciation, to live in a state of our needs are met. What will change? I love you. Grateful to be alive. God bless America. Talk to you next time.